Hello, you know who you've reached. Recorded I'm, I'm live. Right if you could, leave a brief message and I will get back with you. Have a nice day and enough of that other noise. Thank you. At the tone, please record your message. When you finish recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. To leave a callback number, press 5. Yes, my God is wonderful. He's wonderful to me. maximum time permitted for recording your message. If you're satisfied with the message, press 1. To listen to your message, press 2. To erase and re-record, press 3. Amen, amen. The Lord bless you, children of God. We do greet each of you once again in the mighty If you're satisfied with the message, press 1. To listen to your message, press 2. To erase and re-record, press 3. In a time of trouble, this is in fact the day the Lord has made. 
If you're satisfied with the message, press 1. To listen to your message, press 2. To erase and re-record, press 3. Note that we are working on our most recent topic entitled, Time for Grace. Time Sorry, you're having trouble. Your message has been sent. Please try again later. Goodbye. To the family of God, we have entered into uh, the divine protection of God. It is now time for there to be a release of God's grace, a release of God's unmerited favor. We are still trying to do this thing called life without the grace of God. Then, then we have just made this life more difficult than it needs to be. Grace will smooth things out. Grace will make things uh, much easier for you and I. We looked at capital A in our outline, grace through faith. We understand that faith is the key component to you and I now walking in the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We looked at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, Romans chapter 5, verse 2, capital B. We looked at how the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Christ. The law came through Moses. It wasn't about grace anywhere in the law. But now, children of God, we are under grace. John chapter 1, verse 17, Galatians chapter 3, verse 25, capital C. Today, children of God, we're going to be looking at grace and peace, grace and peace, two very beautiful concepts and components of the fruit of the spirit, uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, uh, self-control, these things, uh, you know, this, this grace will help usher us even further into the peace of God. Let's be prepared to be blessed today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. We're going to take a look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. 1 Peter chapter 1, with a very special focus on verse 2. From the New International Version, our scripture reads... To God's elect who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Capital C grace, and peace. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you today for this another day. We thank you for the privilege, the opportunity to worship you once again in spirit and in truth. Father, we give you all glory, all honor, and all the praise. We pray, Father, 
that as we search your holy scriptures today, you will grant us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that we may grow strong in you and in your mighty power. Forgive us, Father, of our sins, our trespasses, our iniquities, which we have committed against you. We ask, Father, that you continue to lead and guide us in your paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Show us today, Father, how grace and peace are integral parts of our walk with you. Take us deep into an understanding of these two concepts, Father, that uh, we may have them in abundance as the scripture has pointed out. Do these things for us, Father, and we will be very careful to continue to give your name, which is above all other names, all glory, all honor, and all praise. This is our prayer. We count it done in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Capital C, grace and peace. Grace and peace. We see here, children of God, in 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, verses 1 and 2, uh, the apostle Peter writing a letter to God's elect. Now, what you want to understand, child of God, is that you and I are God's elect. We are uh, members of God's elect. God's elect. God has got an elect, a selective group of individuals that before the foundations of the earth were ever laid were handpicked by God to do to have, to go, and to be certain things. You and I understand. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Child of God, you have been predestined. Predestined. That means that your destiny was already known before the foundations of the earth were ever laid. God knew what you were going to be, what you were going to do, what you were going to have, what you were going to say, and he knew that as children of God, we were going to, at the appointed time, we were going to come into the family of God. The Bible talks about God's elect. Now, understand something about the elect, because the scripture says that in the last days there will be many false Christs, there will be many false prophets, false apostles, many false, false, false uh, individuals that would come. And the Bible says they would deceive even the elect if that were possible. In other words, this group of of those sent by Satan would even deceive God's elect if that were possible. But the reason why deception of the elect is not possible is because God is alive inside of his elect, and the spirit of God cannot be deceived. The spirit of truth cannot be deceived by any lie. We thank God for being his elect. Peter says to the elect that we are strangers in the world, strangers in the world, or aliens, or, 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 or visitors. Paul or Peter understood that, that this world is in the present state that it is in, in the dispensation that it is in, it is not our uh, final destination. It's going to be a new earth, there's going to be a new heaven, there's going to be a new Jerusalem. Right now, Satan is the god of this age. If you're ever wondering why there's so much wickedness, so much sin, so much contention, so much strife, so much evil in the world, it's because Satan is the, the Bible says that Satan is the god of this age and that he has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the glorious gospel. 
of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, what God has done with you and I, children of God, as the elect, he has removed the blinders off so that we can see what the world can't see. We are aliens. We are strangers in the world. And Paul, Peter talked about how they were scattered throughout at this time, Pontus, Galatians, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who have been chosen, watch this, we just talked about this, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. Now, this is for those of you out there that have a problem with predestination. See, there's no way you can, you can refute predestination if you believe God knows everything. Now, the only way you can say that predestination is, is uh, not valid is if in the same breath you turn around and say that God doesn't know everything. Because if you say that God knows everything, that means God knows everything past, he knows everything present, and he knows everything future. So if you really believe that God knows everything, of course God know, knew before he created us what we were going to do. How is it that God was able to tell prophets like uh, uh, Elijah and prophets like Isaiah and prophets in events that would take place hundreds of years in the future? Why? Because God knows what's going to happen in the year 3015, just like we're looking at what's going on in 2015. Any of you all that have ever seen a movie that, or, or, or DVD that you had seen before, well, you know how it's going to turn out. Why? Because you've already seen it. Well, God has already seen eternity. He already knows how everything's going to turn out. He knew before he created Satan that Satan was going to go bad. He knew those third of those angels that followed Satan, uh, that, that they were going to follow Satan. He knows every human being now that's going to be saved. He knows every human being now that's going to be saved. God knows everything. So understand, children of God, we have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. We've been chosen because God knew that we were going to accept his message. We were chosen because God knew at the appointed time we were going to, he was going to uh, reveal himself to us and in us and through us. We were chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, watch this, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. If you're wondering what the Spirit is in the process of doing inside of you and inside of me, he is sanctifying us. He's cleaning us up for God's specific work or purpose. Now, I'm looking at our swimming pool here in the back of the church. We haven't used it for a number of years. Now, right now, the swimming pool and the state that it is in, it is not fit to be swam in. It is not fit to put your little child in. Your little child, if you put your little child in that water right there, heaven help you and your little child because no telling what's going to happen. But what we understand here is that it, it won't take much to clean that pool up so that we can use it for what we want to use it for. What we got to do, we got to drain all the water out of us, out of, out of it. Well, in essence, that's what God does to us as children of God. Satan, and in the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, we got to drain all the water out of that pool, fill it up with clean water. Well, God removes Satan from our hearts and puts in us the Holy Spirit. Same way, we got to take all that water out of there, then we got to clean things up, all right? Fill up the holes, fill up the cracks, fill it up with clean water, and then clean everything up, and it's ready to be used. Well, that, in essence, is what sanctification is. God getting the old, bad Satan out of our hearts, old, bad Satan out of our, our center of our being, 
He's putting the Holy Spirit in us to clean everything up, cleaning up the spirit, cleaning up our souls, cleaning up our bodies, cleaning up our consciousness, cleaning up our motives, cleaning up, cleaning us up so that he can use us like he wants to use us. We want to use that pool for something more than just sitting there for frogs to be swimming in and jumping around, and we want to use it for enjoyment and for swimming, but it's got to be sanctified. It's got to be cleaned up. Well, God wants to use you. God wants to use me. And the same way that pool, before we go jump in it, you know, it's got to be sanctified, it's got to be cleaned up, so you and I must be cleaned up and must be sanctified before God can use us the way he wants to use us. Thank you, Father, for that parable. So there's a sanctifying work of the Spirit. Watch this for obedience to Jesus Christ. The sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit is so that you and I will obey the Lord. See? In other words, the reason why we got in the mess that we in is because we didn't obey the Lord. Well, the Holy Spirit comes to enable us so that we can get cleaned up so that we can obey the Lord once more. And sprinkling by his blood. Watch this now. So there's a foreknowledge of God through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood. Then Peter comes back and says, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Well, what is it we're understanding? As we allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify, to clean us up for God's specific use, there will be a, there will be a grace and peace that God will begin to pour out and to reveal inside of you and I. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. God wants you and I to experience, children of God, grace and peace, not just in a little bit, not just a little bit here and there, but he wants us to experience grace and peace in abundance. The Bible says something very profound. It says that when a man's ways please the Lord, he'll make even his enemies at peace with him. So, children of God, we want, to, we want to position ourselves so that we please God, so that God will begin to, to release his grace, begin to pour out his grace in abundance, and to pour out his peace. His peace. Peace. Peace in the home. Peace in the church. Peace. God will give us a peace that transcends. If we keep our our eyes fixed on Jesus, he will give us a peace which transcends all understanding. You don't have to be stressed out. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to be all heart beating all fast and all that. Peace. One of the first things that Jesus told his disciples once he had risen from the dead, because his disciples were all worked up. They were locked behind locked doors. For fear of the Jews, they thought the Jews were going to get them at any minute. They locked the door. They locked themselves all in real tight. And was, they thought the Jews, the Jews going to get us. The Jews. Jesus come right through the locked door. And the first thing he tell his disciples is peace be unto you. Peace. And Jesus said, look, you, you all stirred up. You all worried and upset. You all took peace. Peace. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, God is saying to you today, peace, peace. You're worried about your bills. You're worried about your health. You're worried about your family. You're worried about your children, your husband. Peace, peace. God wants to bring grace and peace. Now, what you will find, 
is that grace is God's unmerited favor. Peace is a is a it's where 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 things are in harmony. Things are not fighting and contending and, and going against each other. So as God's grace increases in our life, peace will increase in our life. Now, I want to go back to Matthew. The Lord keeps flashing this scripture in my spirit. Now, I've got to find which of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, John, Luke. We want to look at Luke's account. Luke chapter 24. Verse 36. Now, this is after the road to Emmaus. Jesus' two disciples, once they realized they were talking to Jesus, they ran back to Jerusalem. And look at verse 33. As they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem, there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together. Now, you know, other accounts, they were behind, they were behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. And they told him, they said, it is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized that by them when he broke the bread. Look at verse 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Peace. He knew his disciples were worried. He knew his disciples were stressed. He knew his disciples were afraid. And I've shared this with you all a number of times. Simple, God's got simple, complex problems. God's got simple solutions. So understand, child of God, that, that worry is a choice in your life, just like peace is a choice in your life. You don't have to be worried. Fear is a choice in your life, just like uh, taking courage is a choice. You don't have to be afraid. It's a choice. Jesus came. Jesus, look, I know what's going on up in here. Worry, fear, anxiety. And Jesus said, I'm going to come in with a different doctrine. See, because this group of disciples, they had a doctrine that was prevalent in their meeting. Every, every group of people got a doctrine. Every family has a doctrine. Every time you find a group of people, they've got a doctrine that is prevalent. Every team, every sports team, there's a, there's a doctrine. There's a certain way that the, that the New England Patriots do things. There's a certain way that the Los Angeles Lakers do things. Every group of people. Well, sometimes groups of people have the wrong doctrine. They have the wrong teaching. They have the wrong uh, uh, um, way of looking at things and going about things. And that's what the disciples had. 
They had them a whole lot of worry going on. They had them a whole lot of doubt going on. They had a whole lot of fear, a whole lot of anxiety, a whole lot of depression. They had a whole Jesus come in and said, look, let's break all that foolishness up. Peace be with you. I encourage you under the sound of my voice, whatever kind of doctrine you done got yourself all involved in and all mixed up in, whatever, peace. Peace be with you. And look at this now, because even after Jesus had said this, Bible says in verse 37, they were startled and frightened. Still ain't got it. Still ain't got it. Here the disciples were startled and frightened, had the wrong doctrine, the wrong mentality, the wrong thoughts. Jesus come in, give them something different, and they still hold on to their craziness. And that's why some of you all understand my voice. That's why you can't, you can't get the abundant life that Christ had, because you're still holding on to your craziness instead of releasing your craziness and accepting what God has said. The disciples will stay. Look at the Bible says they were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? The longer you and I hold on to our thinking and reject what God is telling us to think, or the longer we hold on to what we want to do and reject what God wants us to do, the, 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 the more we will have to suffer lack or the, the more we'll have to miss out on the blessings of God. They were thinking. Well, the Lord came in and told them to think something different. They were doing. The Lord came in and told them to do something different. They had on their mind. Lord come in and told them to have something. They going to hold on. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. Well, why? Because they were thinking what was contrary to what God said. Some of us are still thinking what is contrary to what God said. And as a result, we can't, we can't get the miracle. We can't see the miracle. We can't experience the peace. We can't experience the, the joy. We can't experience all because God said you, you're thinking. You're thinking. And their thinking had led them to doing just the opposite of what God wanted. God wanted them in Galilee. Instead, they were in Jerusalem, locked up behind closed doors. So your thinking can either put you in bondage or your thinking can free you up, your thinking. Because what your thinking is, it's the spiritual voices that you have chosen to listen to. That's what our thinking is. It's just you've chosen to listen to a spirit or spiritual voices. That's what thoughts are. They are communications from the unseen or the spiritual realm. Jesus said to them, why are you troubled? Well, he knew the answer. They didn't. He knew why they were troubled, because they didn't believe what he said. Some of you all on the sound of my voice, that's why you troubled, because you don't believe what God said. Why were they startled? Why were they frightened? Because they didn't believe what God had said. And that's why some of us be startled, be frightened, be, because we're not believing God. Jesus said, why? Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your mind? Well, because Jesus said, look, that's the real reason. Doubt in our mind of what God has said will bring all kinds of funky spirits. When we doubt what God has said, now we have positioned ourselves for all kinds of funky, 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 funky spirits. Fear, worry, confusion, mystery, all of that kind of stuff. Jesus said, look, because of doubts. You doubted my word. 
Jesus said, look, you didn't believe me when I was alive. You didn't believe me when I died. Now here I don't rose again. You still having problems believing me. Look at my hands, my feet. It is I, myself. Touch me and see. A ghost doesn't have flesh and blood, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And watch this. While they still did not believe. Well, that puts to death seeing is believing. Because if you done made your decision that you're not going to believe something, even seeing, you, you, you'll still let the devil tell you something crazy, even though you're looking right at it. Remember, there were people that lived during the days of Jesus Christ, which was God in the earth. There were people that saw him walking up and down the street. There were people that saw him turn water into wine. There were people that saw him raise the dead. There were people that saw him give sight to blind and still did not believe. No, it's not seeing that that is believing. It's when God gives you a revelation that will allow you to believe. Because you can't come to God unless Christ enables you. You've got to get a revelation from God. See, and if you don't believe in Christ, you don't believe in Christianity, what you need to ask God for is a revelation so he can show you. Because once God gives you a revelation, then you're convinced. And you'll spend the rest of your days in, in life trying to convince others. Once God gives you a revelation. Now, if you don't have a revelation, the Bible said they still did not believe. Because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? He gave them a piece of boiled fish. He took it, ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. This is what I told you. Jesus, look, I'm bringing you right back to something I told you a long time ago. And that's what God is doing with all of us. That's why we're studying out of this same Bible. All God is doing is here we are in 2015, and God is bringing us back to the Bible that was written thousands of years ago. This is what I told you. This is what I told you. This is what I told you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And verse 45 is one of my favorite scriptures. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. You say, Apostle, what's driving that? Until God opens your mind, you're not going to understand the scriptures. It'll be just like trying to read Chinese to somebody that don't know Chinese. It'll be just like trying to read Swahili to somebody that don't know Swahili. God has got to open your mind so you can understand what he's talking about. If, you, if God don't open your mind, if God don't open our mind, even though we'll be reading it, we'll be looking right at it, we still will not understand what in the world is going on. The Bible tells us in Proverbs that though wisdom is supreme, though it costs all you have, uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, though it costs all you have, get an understanding. Get an understanding. Once you get an understanding of things, then you can you can go for yourself. You know, if you're the only one in the house that know how to program the TV, and everybody else is at your mercy. But you know, once you once once that information is shared, then people don't need you to come in and, and do stuff no more. What well, so it is with the word? So it is the word. I understand that there were certain churches years ago, uh, you know, very very popular religious movements. You know, when they started out, only one would have the uh, Bible is the priest. Everybody else just come and listen. 
Man, priest could tell you anything he want to tell you. He could tell you the sky was green and the earth and grass was blue. But now, you know, the Berean Christians, they search the scriptures. I encourage you, child of God, you need to search. You need to see what the Bible says. Not just what some preacher or some, some pastor or some apostle or even me. I don't even care. God be like, who is Robert Bryant? Check that joke out, too. But see, understand, children of God, we're supposed to be one another's checks and balances. And a number of times here, you know, I, I've said maybe a scripture or something that, and, and was wrong one of the things. Yeah, Apostle, you meant uh, Jeremiah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, let's get straight. Let's get right. Because the, 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 the goal is to get it right. And since we are all human, we all make mistakes, we help one another get it and keep it right. Time for grace now. Grace and peace and abundance. Grace and peace and abundance in your life will change your life. Grace and peace and abundance in your life will change your life. Grace and peace and abundance will make your life so sweet. So sweet. She said, peace I give, not as the world gives. God got a peace that will make life so sweet. Some of y'all done the sound of my voice. Life is like living hell. Well, you need more grace and you need more peace. Need more faith so you can get more grace and you can get more peace. Because remember, faith is what gets you in to grace and then peace is it. You know, it, it picture the house. Picture the house. One room is grace. One room is one room is peace. One room is love, one room, the whole house, the house. As you come through the doorway of faith, you start going into different, different rooms, different rooms, grace and peace. The Lord bless your children of God and heaven smile on you. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you again, Father, for your teaching to us today on grace and peace. May we walk in more abundance of these things. Thank you for your knowledge, your understanding, and your wisdom. We give you glory, honor, and praise. We ask you, Father, to watch over us as we part today and go about our daily activities. We just give you glory for this, another beautiful and wonderful day that you have made. Watch over your people, Father, and we ask that you continue to bless them. We ask that you continue this day to bring souls into your kingdom. You told us in your word in the book of Acts that... Uh, there were souls that will be add, being added to the church daily. I pray today that today is a special day for someone that uh, they come to know Jesus Christ and the pardon of their sins. Father, we give you glory in advance, trusting that somewhere, somehow, this day, someone will acknowledge Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior and be made new in Christ Jesus. This is our prayer, and we count it done in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Lord bless your children of God, and we will see you this evening at um, 6 p.m. Donations can be made through the donation link on our Talk Shoe homepage or our church website. Lord bless you all, and heaven smile on you in Jesus' name.